Blog Talk Radio. Michael, my week is it's been busy, but I mean it's been it's been good, man. Um, I appreciate your professionalism, my good man. Well, I mean, Cody, but uh, I've also well, I've I've got to ask you, man. Like, you know, you're you seem a little bit different lately, like a little bit off. Like, you're not as much of a pushover anymore. What what's going on there, man? You just so well, I mean, Cody, let's hear it. It's simple. I've been pushed over way too long. You look at it, and you look at these guys, and it's one person. Let's be honest. It's one person that allows it to happen, and that slap that Excalibur gave me was the last straw. Absolutely unacceptable the way that Joey Britt allows his talent to act in the ASWF and in the Valiant Arena, and I'm just tired of it, to be put it bluntly. I'm tired of the way Joey Britt acts. And, you know, to be honest, the perfect example of talent running amok and guys who take it too far is the psychotic savior uh, cataclysm, the suicide king, Ray Ray, and obviously the mistress of mayhem, Ace Amorta. Collectively, they're known as the Manai, but they're the craziest bunch of people I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Cody, you saw it this last Saturday. Uh, Ray, at the end of his match, comes over and flips me off. What? Why? Uh, Michael, I have no idea why. I mean, here's the deal. I, being on the receiving end of anything from the Manai doesn't sound too pleasant. Maybe a handshake from them, but even then, you know. But, I mean, to, to get flipped the bird, man, I, Michael, I mean, what did you do to him? I mean, I just did my job. And here's the thing, Ray Ray, if I'm the suicide team, I'd be a lot more focused on Otis Crowley's suicide than I would be an announcer. And that's all I am. Let's be honest here. I know my place in this world. I'm just an announcer. I'm, I'm no tough guy. But you should be more focused on your in-ring competition, and maybe you'd actually win a match, suicide team. But that's the thing. You know, and you saw this last Saturday. 
Cody. The Suicide Team was so enraged. All he saw, instead of the greatest gym known to man, Max Stone, in that ring, was Suicide Otis Crowley. And the lights went out. He had Max Stone exactly where he wanted him. And then the lights went out. And Otis Crowley got one up on the Suicide Team this past Saturday night. And uh, when he came back, and uh, the lights came back on, and he tried to resume his contest, he got caught with the gym breaker in one, two, three. Uh, Ray Ray got sent packing. Well, I mean, Michael, right now we are, as fitting as it is, we are at a time and a place um, where mind games are going to happen, especially uh, going in to uh, to the October month uh, big show, Halloween Resurrection. I mean, we there is so much that goes on, and especially now with people that are playing mind games, uh, it's definitely going to be more of an eerie environment because now we may have had somebody where the Suicide King has actually met his match. I would completely agree with that. You know, at first I was like, you know what? Ray's not going to, he's the suicide king. He's the king of the mind game. He's this, this is his environment. But if you look at this objectively, and let's be honest, some fans in Tuckerman can't look at anything objectively. You're looking at, oh my God, it's Ray Ray. It's the suicide king. Oh my God. That's what they do when he comes out. But here's the deal with that situation. If you look at it objectively, you got to get the advantage thus far in this rivalry or whatever you want to call it that uh, Suicide and the Suicide King have. Uh, you got to get the you got to get the advantage right now to Otis Crowley, at least in the mind game. Something you could never say before with the Suicide King. Uh, I mean. Uh, it is very rare, but when it is, it is definitely, it's something, it seems like something new every time. Ray Ray is almost vulnerable in this situation. We've seen him play mind games against his opponents, uh, elsewhere and in between, but Ray may have met his match. Well, I mean, think about this. It's been for the better part of the last year. You go back almost, honestly, to October of last year when he abducted uh, Bad Brad before the Penitentiary of Pain matchup. And, uh, you know, uh, that was really the start of uh, the Suicide Team taking things too far and uh, it costing him. Uh, you look at it now, it really just, when you look at it that way, it's just built on top of built on top of built. At this point, Ray Ray's a madman, and he cannot keep his focus long enough to even possibly think about defeating a man like Otis Crowley. Well, I mean, Michael, here's the deal, though. Sometimes, uh, and this is what I gather almost, it seems like Ray Ray likes to have his back against the wall. And with him having his back against the wall – it it almost forces him to bring his A game, if you will. But we have also seen cases where, hey, sometimes it's just a little too much, Michael. Um, and that's that's my opinion on it. I mean, and I think you know, I'm just a fan. So. I would agree. You are just a fan. I mean, you're a fan that I've given the uh, 
privilege of having my company uh, on this show. So definitely be grateful for that. You got you are getting uh, more access than any of them losers in Tuckerman get because I saw something in you. But uh, let's look at it this way. You make a good point, Cody, in that the fact is that this is too much. This is Ray too much. He's gone over the edge this time. It's costing him contests. And let's be honest now. It really honestly went to a head when he joined the Manai. So how much of this is the suicide king? And honestly, how much of this can you lay at the feet of the psychotic savior cataclysm? I mean, Michael, this, uh, I'm beyond words. Not going to lie. I mean, everything uh, going on with between the Manai, Ray Ray, and Otis Crowley, um, a wise man once said the paranormal is everywhere, and I feel there's a lot of paranormal stuff going on, um, and I expect it to not only escalate from paranormal, but paranormal to violent. Well, I mean, that is one thing that me and you can both agree on, is that things aren't going to get any better. They're just going to get more and more violent. And yet again, another failure of the Commissioner Joey Britt, because obviously keeping these two out of the same building isn't working because uh, suicide proved him and made him look a fool this past Saturday night and sent a strong message to uh, the suicide team, as uh, he likes to be called Ray Ray, this past Saturday and costing him that match. And you know I have. I've been in contact with Otis Crowley, and he told me, you know, after – he defeats Ray, you know, because this is, this is where it's going. And he said it's not going to be a wrestling match. It's going to be an all-out brawl. It's going to be a war. And uh, at the end of the day, he wants Ray to not only, you know, acknowledge him as the better man, but he wants him to bend the knee and acknowledge him as the new suicide king uh, at the end of this war. I mean, Michael, you can't blame the guy. It's one of those. It's one of those things, almost in a sense, where it's now the student is wanting to become the teacher, and I believe that in order to, I almost show your worth to the teacher, you need to step up to the plate and and take the swing. And if you can't handle it, then no, you don't need to be the teacher. You need to go back to being the student. Absolutely. And, you know, we talk about the Manai, and Cataclysm was in action uh, this, uh, this past uh, show as well, uh, as I believe, let me look here, uh, Cataclysm was in action not only once, but he was actually in action twice. He took on, uh, I believe it was Insane Shane, and uh, he also had another contest uh, this past Saturday as well, and he took both uh, losses in those contests. When was the last time we saw Cataclysm take not just one loss in one night, but two losses? I mean, whatever Cataclysm is doing right now, let's be honest, it ain't working. Yeah, you're getting more physical. You're uh, getting more impressive as, um, as, uh, as a competitor. You're becoming more dominant. As, uh, but you lose not only to the Limit Breaker D-Mike Saturday night, but you also lost to Insane Shane. I mean, here's the thing, Michael. Guy is crumbling Oops. right in front of us, Cody. I mean, um, 
you know, with Insane Shannon Ember, I mean, D-Mike, um, Michael, every, it, you would think after uh, what everything that's went down with Cataclysm almost in the last year, I mean, his son turned his back on him and everything, you would think there would be a, a new spark, but it's one of those things where maybe he has to go back to the drawing board just to just to get a game plan going. I mean, I understand chaos is their forte, but is it getting to the point where they can't even control the chaos that they create that it's costing them? Well, I mean, when you look at it, think about it. You mentioned his own, you know, uh, almost uh, adopted son, the unhinged Will Cager. Now, as he likes to be known, the fully gifted athlete, William Cage, uh, when he turned his back on him, I honestly have to applaud that decision. Looking back on it, yeah, at the time I thought it was a bad decision. But now look at this and think about it truly. Cataclysm in the night, they're on the downturn, whereas the fully gifted athlete appears to be on the upswing. I mean, Michael, I, I can't disagree with you. Uh, it seems that, yes, uh, William Cage, he's, you know, ever since being or disassociating himself with him and I, he's kind of had a, a, uh, a back and back and forth run so far, but the upswing, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, to see William Cage kind of bounce back and showing that he didn't need the Manai. I mean, things are looking up, but Michael, you've got to factor in the Manai also took in William Cage when he had nobody. I mean, we you seen it last year. Max Stone and 80s Sky started playing mind games with William Cage, who was the one that ran out there. Cataclysm. Michael, you've got to factor in that, like, look, I understand there's chaos, but there's also, like, a beauty in that chaos, and sometimes it wasn't all bad. But that's the thing, Cody, when you look at it, and I understand you love the Manai and you love the psychotic savior Cataclysm. I understand that. But when you look at it, you know, uh, William Cage made a business decision, a business move. And, it, it, you know, while it didn't pay immediate dividends at Fight for Freedom as they lost the Devil's Playground match in the uh, Fight for Freedom main event this year. But, I mean, let's be honest. You lose one battle. <clears throat> right now it appears that the fully gifted athlete William Cage has won the war. I mean, Michael, there's a – if by war you mean, you know, uh, restarting his career, um, it seems, yeah, he's winning. But, I mean, what what's what is he doing now since he's out of the Manai? The last time we seen William Cage in the Manai during his run, especially the last part of his run, he was ASWF champion, Michael. What's stopping Will Cage? William, excuse me, William. Cage from becoming ASWF champion again. That's the thing you got to ask yourself. Uh, can you see your Cataclysm being ASWF champion again, or can you see the fully gifted athlete becoming ASWF champion? Cataclysm's up for two in the past. Uh, in the past shows, William Cage won two matches in one night. That's the last time we saw him. I'm just saying. I mean, Michael, you've got a point, but hey, 
look, what do what is it that's always said in every wrestling documentary after a loss? You bounce back from it. Do I have faith that the psychotic savior could bounce back from this? Absolutely. But the way to do it is he's got almost every member of the Manai. They have to almost take a step back, reevaluate everything they have done so far that has worked, that people are catching on to, and having to change up their game plan a little bit. Well, I mean, and I haven't even, we haven't even gotten to the best example of basically the ineptitude that is the Manai at this point. And that's the fact that the former dominant, most dominant, let's be honest, evolution champion in ASWS history, the mistress of mayhem, Asa Morta. And I say this with all due respect to Mr. Troy Twain. She lost to Troy freaking Twain this past Saturday. I don't know what way that the psychotic savior is showing these two people, but it may be the way to the losers in the poorhouse. I mean, <clears throat> Michael, look, we can't discount Troy Twain. He's an up-and-comer, and he's been impressive thus far. But, I mean, like I said, Michael, as you brought up a good point, as did I, of they need to go back and reevaluate everything that's going on because any losses like this, it's like they almost moved down the totem pole. And if they keep incurring the losses, what's going to happen? More mistakes are going to be made because of frustration. Well, I'll tell you one thing. You mentioned, you know, they have to go back to the drawing board. And I completely agree with that. But here's the thing. You know, in the whole run of the Manai, we've never seen one person really take the lead, take the charge as the leader of the Manai. And I believe that is the key issue right there. I believe that's why we see all this chaos that Joey Britt, let's be honest, allows to happen with these three individuals, the Suicide Team, the Mistress of Mayhem, and the Psychotic Savior. I believe that all stems from the I believe that all stems from the fact that there is nobody there pulling the reins and keeping these guys under control. I mean you're right. There is no said leader. They're all equals. If the leader, it's almost cataclysm because he shows them the way. Michael, if there's no leadership, I get where you're coming from. But you also got to think what one does, the other ones agree with, in a sense. So, I mean, what do you mean there's no leadership? Because, yeah, they're all equals, but I mean, it's cataclysm showing them the way every time. But, I mean, let's be honest. Think about the greatest sports teams in the history of sports, in the history of our country. You look at guys, you know, the New England Patriots. You look at the Los Angeles Lakers. You look at the Alabama Crimson Tide. The greatest teams in the history of the sport. And what does it all come back to when you look at those three individuals? A strong leader. You look at the Alabama Crimson Tide has Nick Saban, the New England Patriots, Bill <clears throat> Belichick, and the Los Angeles Lakers have Bill Jackson. I'm just saying, maybe they need a, a spiritual leader of sorts, 
or a spiritual coach. I mean, I don't know what you want to call it if you're a freak like the Manai members, but uh, I mean, that's what it is. I believe that's what they're missing is that voice to guide them. Right now, they're following a book, a book. Yes, that book honestly has led them to the most, to be the most dominant faction in ASWF history. I understand that. But right now, when it's all crumbling in, do you want to wait till the last moment when you have just a barely a breath left in your lungs to change course and do the right thing? Or do you want to go ahead and fix it now while you still have a chance when the slide is just beginning? Michael, I mean, look, yeah, they follow that book, and it hasn't it worked out well for them. Maybe part of it is they need to rewrite write the book. I don't know. I'm I'm not a maniac in my mind. I'm at, or at heart, I'm I'm just a fan, and one that has been allowed the uh, the uh, opportunity to come on here and uh, almost have this conversation with you, Michael. Um, so I mean to think about where the Manai's at now versus where they were heading. It's like they were on a dominant streak, and then all of a sudden, it's gone. Like the, it's like the Manai went from the hunters to the hunted, and this is something we have not seen them, uh, in particular, fall victim to. Well, and I don't want you to get me wrong by any stretch of the imagination. The Manai, they're still very, very dangerous. But the thing yeah, I believe they're missing is somebody to harness that instability and be able to, you know, I, we saw at one point Cataclysm was able to reel the suicide team back in, keep them focused. But let's be honest, Cataclysm snapped at this point. There's nobody there to keep the suicide team focused. There's nobody there to keep the psychotic savior focused, and there's nobody there to keep the mistress of mayhem focused. One's got to wonder: would that could that have been Will Cage at one point? If he would, if it would have never happened, if they wouldn't have turned their backs on William Cage, maybe they wouldn't be facing that. I mean, Michael, you bring up a good point. I mean, William Cage, he was a diamond in the rough. And they took him in, and, yeah, he did the smart thing and got out when he could because it's like he seems to be riding a wave of success on his own. Uh, and, I mean, that's the thing is maybe he's seen that, that luck, time, whatever it is, was finally catching up to him. Michael, I don't know. I don't have the answer to it. Um, and, I mean, I don't think anybody does because this group thrives on chaos. But chaos, it seems like it's ultimately their downfall at this point. And it'll be interesting seeing going forward how the suicide team addresses suicide, uh, how Cataclysm gets off of this skid he's on. You know, it seems like every week with the psychotic savior, we get new, uh, we get new uh, videos or new uh, posts on the Cataclysm page over there on Facebook. And uh, you can go give them a like if you're a fan. But the thing is with Cataclysm, the thing is with him, I, I've got to say this. He, it, it seems like this isn't the way to go. Allowing yourself to be enveloped by the darkness. 
which it appears that Cataclysm is doing, does not appear to be working out for any member of the Manai right now. That's just my opinion. Well, I mean, only time will tell. I mean, if they if they take a step back and re-strategize and it works out for them, kudos. But right now, they're just, like you said, the I guess not having any order in that chaos isn't really working out for them. Uh, I, I would like to hope that it does because, I mean, if that's one thing the fans know about the Manai, it's they're, they're chaotic. And that's the one thing that draws the fans to them, Michael. Um, and that's, I mean, uh, that's my take. Well, and you know, uh, actually a man uh, in the comment section who's very active tonight, <clears throat> Mr. Heinzman, uh, points out a interesting factoid that I'm not sure you were able to catch. Cody, I believe I saw you getting up and going to uh, stuff your face. Uh, after the final bell in the Ray Ray uh, Max Stone match, but uh, Heinzman made his dominant, and I say that very strongly, dominant return to the Valiant Arena this past Saturday night. When after Max Stone was successful in beating the Suicide Kings, he got his uh, he got his eyes crossed at the hands of uh, Heinzman. Well, Michael Heinzman, it's been a while since we've seen him. I mean, this guy almost went into, I wouldn't necessarily say a hiding, but definitely, you know, was off the grid for a little while. Um, so, I mean, to see him back, it's, uh, it's definitely different. I mean, he came back, he looks different, uh, got a fresh new do. Uh, I mean, you know, not, uh, you know, he's still about as wide as a jar of mayonnaise, but I mean, he's still, he's still rocking and rolling. Seems like he hadn't missed a beat any. Well, and you're absolutely right about that. It does seem like he hasn't missed a beat any because let's be honest, he hasn't. Think about when he left. He left shortly after the anniversary show when him and uh, the Nocturnal Flame, Leo Keegan, were two of the most dominant individuals in ASWF and uh, one of the best tag teams to ever hold ASWF champ, Tag Team Championship gold. Uh, and now he's back. And it seems like he has his sights set on uh, the greatest gym known to man. And uh, I know we call the uh, greatest match stones uh, finishing move the gym breaker, but uh, Heinzman could be the one to prove to be the gym breaker. I mean... Uh, one of the last times we have actually seen Heinzman, Michael, um, he was facing D-Mike for the Evolution Championship. Um, you know, even Heinzman, he he should take a page out of the Manai's book as we were speaking of earlier, you know. And maybe he did and take some time, reevaluate his strategy and come back bigger and badder than ever. And that seems to be uh, what he's doing right now. Um, so, and I mean... This isn't to discredit Max Stone, but I mean, you know, Heinzman is like three Max Stones. So to to see Max Stone get dominated like he did, also a rarity. Well, I mean, that is an interesting thing you point out. The size differential in this uh, potential matchup between the greatest gym known to man and Heinzman, uh, it's, it's noticeable. 
it's noticeable to a blind man. And uh, Max Stone, he, he better lace him up tight. I've got to give it to Max. He's one resilient guy that's never backed down from a fight in the ASWF. But, I mean, we're talking about a guy that uh, towers over him. Uh, you know, one half of the Titans of violence, as they were known. Uh, Heisman's no joke, and Max Stone better be prepared. I know Max Stone likes to have a good time, but he's got to leave all that in the past. He's got to stay focused on one thing, and one thing only, and that is Heinzman, if he wants to get through this. Oh, absolutely, Michael. I mean, you know, even having a bigger opponent is an is an intimidating. It's an intimidating feat, but it, what makes it even more intimidating is having to basically just re-strategize on how you're going to take on somebody that size. And you're absolutely right about that. That is what it comes down to. It comes down to strategy and uh, just who's going to have the upper hand that night. You know, Max Stone, a heck of a competitor. Uh, You know, I take nothing away from Stone. Stone could easily defeat uh, Heinzman a few nights out of the week. But that's the, at the end of the day, all it takes is one night power slam from Heinzman. Just catch it one time, Max. And unfortunately, it looks like it may be night-night for the greatest gym known to man. We mentioned earlier, uh, Cody, the Evolution Champion, and the aforementioned Evolution Champion, D-Mike, he got a pretty close-up look at the man who stole the ASWF Evolution Championship, and I say that with a smirk on my face because, to be honest, possession's nine-tenths out of the law, uh, D-Mike wasn't able to hold on to it. I believe Josh Cross should be the uh, recognized Evolution champion at this point. You got to hold on to the title. Come on now. But uh, he got a pretty close-up look at um, at Josh Cross this weekend. Yet again, the original Misfit allowed an open challenge. Uh, he challenged anybody to come out of the locker room, and a professional wrestler, uh, all of a sudden, Miley Cyrus came through the speakers there at the Valiant Arena and a professional wrestler of Jamaican descent by the name of Smoke uh, made his appearance in the ASWF and uh, we were treated to a good time, but I don't believe that the original Misfit was fooled for one minute as, uh, again, it was D-Mike under a mask uh, trying to fool the original Misfit. And once again, Josh just proves he's too smart for that and uh, again tells him, Anybody but you. I mean, Michael, I get what you mean by nine-tenths of the law, but, I mean, if Josh was a fighting champion, a true fighting champion, why is he why is he ducking D-Mike? I mean, last time we seen D-Mike and Josh Cross in an actual match together, uh, aside from the Evolution title being stolen or being involved with each other, I mean, it was this time last year in the penitentiary of pain where it started and it didn't end until heartbreak in the latter match. So, I mean, you know, if Josh is a fighting champion, why is he, what's he intimidated of D-Mike for? If he can beat him, why are you intimidated? What's it got to do with intimidation though, Cody? That's the thing you, you, you're, you're missing here. What does Josh Cross have to prove to D-Mike? Let's be honest. It's not the original Misfits fault that D-Mike is clumsy and forgetful and leaves his title laying around to be stolen. The original Misfits saw an opportunity, 
he took it and literally he took the opportunity by the horns, took the evolution title, and I don't believe he's ducking him. He just has nothing to prove. Well, I mean, uh, if he didn't have nothing to prove, Michael, then he would have won back in February in the ladder match. He's got a little more to prove because here's the deal. He hasn't had a victory or a singles victory over D-Mike since, what, last September? And then, I mean, even then, D-Mike won where it counts. So, you know, if if Josh isn't intimidated of D-Mike, why don't he just let him have the opportunity? Um, Josh Cross is resourceful. I'm sure he'd find a way to beat D-Mike like he did not last, last year, you know. Uh, so what's the difference? Well, I mean, and it's hard to bring that up because you're right. It literally was. We just passed one year that uh, D-Mike has been under contract with the ASWF, and I give the man congratulations. Welcome to the big leagues. But once again, that's exactly what this is. This is the major leagues of professional wrestling in the Mid-South, and uh, he learned a hard lesson. He learned a hard lesson. You can't leave your title laying around. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, he picked up a victory over him at Heartbreak. It was a fluke. He won the Evolution Championship at the anniversary show. Let's be honest, that's just right place, right time, because uh, the title just happened to drop in his lap. I give the man all the credit in the world, though. Since then, he has been an amazing ASWF Evolution Champion. Give him all the credit that he deserves. He's been a great evolution champion, not ducking anybody, all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, what's Josh Cross have to prove to D-Mike? D-Mike has something to prove to the original misfit. Well, I mean, you know, if anything, why not let D-Mike show that his win in February wasn't a fluke, Michael? Give him that opportunity one more time to claim what's rightfully his, that evolution title. Well, I mean, we may certainly be only a few, uh, a little bit away from a situation like that coming to a head. And I'm sure, you know, when all the smoke's cleared that uh, Josh Cross will be the rightful ASWF evolution champion. And then he won't have to even argue about who owns the title because it'll be going home with him and Cassie. And uh, while they're sipping on the champagne, the victory champagne, uh, I mean, I, I tell you what, uh, D-Mike, I've been impressed with him, but, and, you know, he's been on a great run for the past 365 days, but you know as well as I do, all great runs come to an end. The Patriots' 17-0 and season came up in smoke in the Super Bowl when it counted. I'm so sure D-Mike's uh, great run won't come out, won't come up a little bit short when it counts. I mean, um, you know, we'll just have to see when that happens, Michael. I mean, you know, what better way to do it than let him fight, let him have the match. Answer his challenge. Again, Josh is resourceful. If he if he thinks he's better than D-Mike, prove it. Because D-Mike seemed to get that victory back, you know, in February. Why not try to... Try to even the odds. I mean, they're one and one in singles competition against each other. I mean, they are. You're right about that. They are one and one in singles competition against each other. 
And that's the thing, you know, we are going to walk into the uh, the tiebreak in this situation. Whenever this does come to a head, we are going to be walking into a tiebreak situation. Uh, here's the situation, uh, though, that as it happened past, this past Saturday, uh, D-Mike again, just like the just like the show before with the big man page Hunter, D-Mike again had another opponent waiting for Josh Cross. This time it was Justin Vincent. He didn't come along. This time he brought his brother Daniel as uh, he kind of limped his way to ringside, uh, still recovering from that ACL injury. And, uh, you know, I got to give him credit. Justin Vincent put up a heck of a fight against the original Misfit. Well, I mean, you said he had his brother at ringside, but I thought with you at ringside, that was already like having his twin brother at ringside. But, I mean, you know, very impressive bout and victory, Michael, that Justin Vincent got over the original misfit, Josh Cross. Those are, are not even a victory, sorry, but a, a fight in general. I mean, he put up a fight, and there was a couple times where we thought, hey, Justin Vincent almost had it. And, you know, Justin Vincent did almost have it, you know, so much so to the fact that Josh Cross, he thought better of it. He's like, you know what, tonight's not my night. He was smart, and he decided to take yet another count out loss rather than, you know, uh, possibly sustain an injury. Ah, smart strategy. I mean, yeah, it is, Michael, but, I mean, uh, you know, victories like that, I mean – uh, what's the word for it? Paper champion? Victories like that oh, oh, is what gets people to call you a, a, a paper champion. Well, I mean, come on now. It's not being a paper champion. It's being a smart champion. You know, we I, I talked about it Saturday during the D-Mike contest. I was like, you know what? You're trying to get your Evolution title back. You're eventually going to have to meet um, you're going to eventually have to meet the original misfit, Josh Cross, in the ring one-on-one for that title, probably, to decide who is the rightful champion. And you're taking a match against Cataclysm, and I said it then. This isn't smart. You don't risk an injury as the champion. You don't risk an injury. You don't get in these situations. And while I've been tough against Cataclysm tonight here on this broadcast, it still does not mean that Cataclysm is not a dangerous competitor. And that's the problem with this situation is Cataclysm could have, could have seriously injured D-Mike. And then where would D-Mike have been? He would have not been able to defend that Evolution title within the 30-day clause as uh, relegated by the ASWF Board of Directors. And guess what? He loses the title anyway. I mean, that's why very I'm excellent talking. point, Michael. But, I mean, you know. If if he doesn't if he doesn't win his title back, then what does this mean for D Mike? Where does he go from here? And that is the thing. Where does D Mike go from here? Because at this point, D Mike is uh, you know going to continue, I'm sure, to try to outsmart the original misfit Josh Cross. It's obviously not working, D Mike. Just like Cataclysm, just like Ace of Morta, just like the Suicide Team, go back to the drawing board and come up with a new plan. Because obviously this one ain't working. Let's be honest now. I'm not the smartest guy in Tuckerman, Arkansas, but even I had D-Mike fooled when I told him you know, when I had the Evolution title underneath the table the whole time and he had no idea. 
Well, Michael, I mean, here's the thing. Why why did you take part in it, you know, in, in that game? I mean, you know, it was stolen from him. And, I mean, granted, when it was stolen from him, it was at the ring. I mean, come on, Michael. The least you could have done was give the man his belt back. Cody, because I believe people have to learn lessons. What is DMI going to learn if I just hand him his Evolution Championship back? What lesson is he going to learn from that? He's going to continue to drop the title off at the side of the ring where it can be stolen. Maybe now if he somehow manages to get it back from the original misfit, maybe he'll take better care and show that title the prestige it deserves. I mean, Michael, you're not wrong there, but I mean, come on. If you gave the guy his title back, I mean, least you least you could have done and say, hey, Try not to lose it this time because next time I won't be so nice to give it back to you. That's the difference between uh, you, Cody, and myself. I, Like I said, I expect you to learn the lesson the hard way because I only expect you to have to learn this lesson once. He should have never left the title unattended. Josh Cross took advantage of the situation. And now D-Mike's having to go through the heartbreak of uh, you know, losing a title. It's something he's going to have to go through eventually in the professional wrestling business. That title's not going to be there forever. Now we know. D-Mike, uh, D-Mike jumped through that situation right now. And to be honest, I, I, I have no sympathy for D-Mike when it comes to the ASWF Evolution title being stolen by the original I mean, Michael, say what you want. I mean, the guy had his championship stole from him, and I don't know what more I could say um, Say about it. Yeah, it would be nice to have to see D-Mike with what's rightfully his again, and I, I get what you mean. You shouldn't leave it laying around because, I mean, it's it's a championship. It is one of those things that, like the opportunity to get the opportunity for it, to earn it, whether you earn it or, or it's given to you, you know, you've got, you know, and I don't blame you, but at the same time, just Josh, give the man his belt back, or at least give him the opportunity to fight for it back. I mean, come on. And I um, mean, uh, to your point, but once again, what lessons learned in that? Uh, I mean, if anything, if you lose something, you're going to have to fight harder to get it back than you did before. Am I right? But if you're just handed it, are you fighting for it? D-Mike had to work his rear end off for that title. I'll give you that. But if you have to work your rear end off for something, Cody, let's say you get an award at your job, and let's say they give you an award that you worked your tail off for. Are you just going to leave it on your desk at the end of the day and walk away, or are you going to treasure that, put it in a frame, maybe put it up on your wall at home? Make sure that thing's displayed proudly. I mean, Michael, I see your point, but here's the thing. Josh don't have to give it back to him. Just give him an opportunity to fight for it back. 
Well, I mean, I certainly, I, I certainly can't see the harm in that. But you know, I, who am I to question as an announcer? Who am I to question the logic of the original misfit Josh Cross and ASWF Hall of Famer and uh, a multi-time champion in the ASWF? I'm going to go ahead and relegate those type of decisions to the main, uh, to the main in the ring. But uh, finally, let's go ahead and talk about the main event of the evening. Or, uh, well, actually, the what turned out to be the main event and the semi-main event of the evening, uh, the big man, Tay Toomer, took on Gaston, as he now likes to be called. The, and as I've called him multiple times on this uh, show, the most powerful man in the ASWF. I mean, the man holds one half of the ASWF Tag Team Championship and the Golden Ticket Briefcase. He's pretty powerful. Uh but, you know, the big man, Mr. Toomer, is uh, powerful in a different way. And uh, he's been on quite a roll. Wouldn't you agree, Cody? Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's been on nothing short of a dominant streak. I mean, even since, you know, he stood in for for Daniel Vincent, he stood in as Justin Vincent's tag team partner. And, yeah, they may have lost the titles, but, I mean, they made sure that, you know, <clears throat> that Gaston and Gary and Tier didn't forget who they were at the end of the day. So I mean, wins and losses, he he, you know, is one thing. But I mean, he's been he's been dominating. That's for sure, Michael. He absolutely has been dominating. All respect in the world to the big man K. Toomer. Uh, he's been on quite a streak. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that streak continues here moving forward as he goes up against stiffer and stiffer and tougher and tougher competition as he tries to climb his way up the rankings in the ASWF. But I'll tell you this much, uh, the big man had quite a contest going on, uh, had a quite a contest going on there back and forth with uh, Gaston. Uh, both men, you know, trying to gain the advantage. Neither man really able to gain the full advantage in this contest. And we saw, you know, we saw what ended up amount to a uh, what would have been a victory for the big man, but uh, the big man kind of showed his inexperience a little bit, in my opinion, and he uh, he asked both men to come back. The big man K. Tumor. Now I want you to picture this, Cody, because uh, I don't think it's quite set into you how massive this was uh, of a task. This was. But the big man, Kay Toomer, asked to face not half, but the entire team for the ASWF Tag Team Champions. Now, just to, just to expound my point on how stupid these got, this is, this is the best professional wrestling team in the Mid-South. They have the hardware to prove it, and the big man wanted to take on both men. Well, I mean, Michael, that was a it was a bold move on the big man's behalf anyway. I mean, look at it. Uh current tag team champions, one half of them is not only a golden ticket holder, but also a former ASWF champion. And I mean, even a victory against one of them is enough, but I mean, if he a victory over both definitely could be the difference maker. 
I mean, I would certainly agree, you know, and he was able to pick up the victory, albeit because, let's be honest, uh, Gary and Tier wasn't ready. I mean, I talked to him. He said, you know what? I, I got a little overconfident. I wasn't ready. It'll be fine next time. And, I, I mean, I agree, you know, you can't disagree with uh, Gary and Tier in those cases as far as that goes. Um, no, Brad. Uh, by the way, I do see your comment here. No, I haven't calmed down. Uh, I'm still upset over the injustices that uh, have occurred in the ASWF and the Valley Arena over the past few weeks. But uh, as we were talking about, you know, the big man uh, was able to pull out the victory. I'm going to give it to him. Very impressive. But what I'd like to see before I give him full credit for that victory is give Gary and Gaston advance notice that they're taking on you. Let them get ready. These guys are ASWF Tag Team Champions for a reason. This is what they do. Big man, impressive. You defeated not only one, but two men and the ASWF Tag Team Champions, and nobody can take that away from you. Nobody can take the impressive streak that this man is on against him uh, and put that against him. But uh, now you see, you know, what could be happening. Uh, you know, the big man climbing up those rankings ever so slightly. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, <clears throat> Michael, he's been nothing short but impressive. He's been dominant, and yeah, he's may not have may not have been dominant and racking up the W's, but here's the deal. He he's left people with something to remember him by, and that's his brute strength, his brutality that he possesses and that he brings to uh, the ASWF. Well, and we've got Mr. Brad Hicks here commenting in the uh, comment section, and he said, you know, uh, Gary and Augustine are champions. They should stay ready. Uh, Brad, I, I mean, and this is literally me just asking you a question, playing devil's advocate to you. But uh, you're pretty good friends with Dean Mike. Was he ready when Josh Cross came and stole the title? You've got to be, uh, according to your logic, you've got to stay ever vigilant. What happened there? He wasn't ready. He wasn't prepared. I'm just saying, sometimes champions have an off night. I mean, um, you know, and yeah, sometimes everybody has their off nights, Michael. But I mean, come on. I mean, but if if they're as good as you say you if if they yeah you know what forget about it, Michael. If Gaston Stout or if Gaston and Garyan were as good as they say they are, get prepared and face them in a rematch. I mean, it's as simple as that. To and I mean, as you say, it seems like the inmates are running the asylum lately. So why not? Well, let's be honest, the inmates are running the asylum here at the ASWF. The Manai is running wild. We talked uh, so long tonight about how the Manai runs wild. We've talked about how Josh Cross, let's be honest, I, I completely understand the point he was making, but come on now. The man, the, the man stole a championship title belt right under the champion and the commissioner's nose. Use a... What more proof do you need, Cody, that the inmates are running the asylum and Joey Britt is an inept commissioner? I mean, 
Michael, very good point. Uh, that being said, give the guy, give him his due. Let him, uh, I mean, Garion, Gaston, why not? Why not I'll ask get, for, for a rematch? And I definitely will. I'll give the big man, Kay Toomer, his uh, credit where credit's due. He's been on a heck of a streak, and, you know, he stepped into the ring for the very first time at Fight for Freedom this year. And, um... And you know, while uh, he's had this short, uh, short, th- short run, the interesting thing is now people are getting filmed on the big main K tumor. They're being able to study his, uh, they're being able to study his weaknesses and things like that. But I've got to give it yet again to the big man. He's able to stay one step ahead. And once again, Brad uh, adds in here. He says major de- difference with outright steps. But let's be honest, you seemingly new attitude and opinion is outright insane. Uh, Wow. Uh, I don't believe that it's outright insane. I believe that I've just seen the light. And, uh, you know, I've finally gotten tired of people like uh, Excalibur and the Manai and Ray Ray and all of you guys taking your shots at me. And then the commissioner coming up and consoling me. Oh, it's okay, Michael, after the fact. Go go, uh, go get checked out by the doctor, Michael. Where were you five minutes ago when my the taste just got slapped out of my mouth by Excalibur? Where were you when Excalibur was putting the freaking owner of this company's daughter through a door? Where were you, Commissioner? I mean, Michael... I see your point. I see your point. And yes, I agree. Uh, The reins need to be tightened a little bit. But I mean, the one thing that I, and here's the deal, it's through leaks. I've seen ASWF contracts where they're very relaxed with their, with their superstars and talent. Do I agree? The reins need to be tightened. Absolutely. But for the most part, Michael, these these loose reins or these loosened reins have been what's made ASWF a force in Arkansas independent wrestling and the and the mid south for the last uh, twenty years twenty plus years. Well, I'll tell you this much: uh, I certainly am looking forward to uh, hopefully a public apology from the commissioner this Saturday night, but I doubt I'm going to get that. So. I'm just looking forward to being there this Saturday night to see more ASWF uh, wrestling. And uh, hopefully we'll get a few things settled out and ironed out as we work our way to Halloween Resurrection uh, at the end of next month. But, Cody, go ahead and give us your your final thoughts as we head to another action-packed ASWF card this Saturday night. Michael, I mean, ASWF, it's... It's still summertime, so ASWF, they're still going to bring the heat like they always do. I mean, come out to see to see your favorite ASWF superstars. Come out to see the Manai, Josh Cross, D-Mike, hashtag FGA. And while you're at it, uh, the newly uh, reformed Michael Carnahan. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you don't want to miss the action this Saturday night. Well, I'll tell you what, this much with my final thought, I'm going to go ahead and address Mr. Brad Hicks here. He says, so you're turning your back on the fans that support our wonderful commissioner 
he's doing a great job. And I, he says, I need to grow up. First off, we're going to go ahead with these wonderful fans that we have here in the Valiant Arena. Let's be honest here. How wonderful are you? You were the ones that were laughing at me when I was getting slapped by Excalibur. You were the ones who turned your back on me a long time ago after I gave my hard work and I gave my all out there every single night for you guys for the better part of six years now. This is absolutely ridiculous that I even have to explain action. You talk about our wonderful commissioner, the commissioner that allows his talent to attack employees of the organization that he is employed. Absolutely unacceptable. I don't need to grow up. It sounds like the rest of the ASWF needs to grow up. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I do encourage you all to come here. This Saturday night, 201 Highway 367 North in Tuckerman, Arkansas, you will see one of the greatest shows in professional wrestling in the Mid-South, the ASWF. There's a reason why this company's been around for 20 years, and let's be honest, it's not the commissioner, Joey Bray. It's because they always have the best action in the professional wrestling ring in the Mid-South. We will see you this Saturday night. $5 gets you in the door. Kids six and under are free. The show starts at 7 p.m., and I expect every single one of you to show up. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. Get your mind right for something. 